What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Museum of My Mind. Uh, it's currently nighttime while I'm recording, but my usual good morning, good afternoon, and good night, depending on what time you are personally listening. And this episode is that's right, I'm still a mess. Well, I guess part two. And this one, I will talk a lot about um, my cat, but I'll, I'll talk about my cat last. So last time I revealed to you guys that one, I am depressed. Two, I am a mess. Three, I'm all like crying and stuff every day. And I almost don't know what to do with myself, but I really told myself that I had to get myself out of this funk. And like, how could I, how could I really like change my mindset? And basically, I decided to do my regular, like, just keep talking to myself <laughs> and say, Kwamisha, you can't think like this. Kwamisha, you can't feel this way. Okay, Kwamisha, make sure you're getting up. You're taking a shower. You're putting on a lotion. Making sure that you change your sheets. Like, July 1st, which is when this episode will air, which is tomorrow morning. Well, a couple hours, like two hours. July 1st. It's a new month. How about some new sheets? sweep, mop, do the dishes. I'm going to go food shopping today. Got to pay some bills and stuff. And just really, really going back to my my value board that's on my wall. So what it says on my wall for my values, which I have six, and I did feel the need to update this. And something that's really important that I had to realize is that when we've been in a pandemic since, well, the pandemic started before March, but We've been social distancing since March. So the things that I usually do, such as like volunteer and see my friends in school and go to theater shows and performing theater shows like I haven't been doing. So it would only be normal that I don't feel like my normal self. But I'm going to read to you my value board. Oh, (laughs) you know, it's funny. I realized that I spelled exercise wrong two years later after looking at this every day and posting it. And no one ever said, hey, you spelled it wrong because... I guess everyone gets what I'm saying, which is hilarious and crazy. Come on, friends. If you've seen this, why you didn't hold me down? Anyway, so um, zero, zero is college. Now, I put <laughs> I put college at zero, zero because when I first started at number one, which was creative, and then um, basically I made this value board in school during the leadership retreat at the Girl Scout Manor, and the lady who was um, running this portion, she said, you don't have college in your paper, and my mindset, which is also has its pros and cons, I was like, all right, fuck it, I'm thugging, I'm here, I'm gonna make the best of it, but I never said, hey, you have to fight for this, you have to be the best student possible, when she said that to me, I was like, oh shit, you're right, so zero zero is college, um, I do want to say that I was a presidential honor, um, goodness, my words. I was a presidential scholar two times, and I also made the dean's list for last semester. And something I just learned last night is that when I was in BMCC, I was actually on the dean's list once, but I never knew until I signed online yesterday, which is pretty cool to me because it's like, I spent my college saying, hey, your friends did this and you want to be on it too. You've never been on it, but the whole time I was on it and I just didn't know. Because I don't think they they send me like a paper in the mail. So then it comes to the uh, number one, which is creative. And when it comes to creativity, like that is right up my alley. So it says theater, poetry, nails, braiding, music. 
I haven't done my nails in like a week. I'm planning to paint them red this week. Um, I actually, I wrote a poem about two days ago that I'm going to be reading on this episode. The title of the poem is called Laundry Protector. I know the title sounds weird now, but wait until you actually hear the poem. It's kind of deep. <laughs> um, it also says braiding. I want to braid my hair and my hair is getting like I have 4C natural African-American hair. So it's extremely hard to comb and being in school, like the amount of work that I have to do with school and then turn around and do my hair, it's a lot. So I'm not sure if that'll happen. And then um, the last thing for number one is music. So I listen to a lot of different music. Usually how I find music is like someone on the internet will be have something and it pops up. And I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds nice. But I've been taking the time to explore different music types, especially music that my brothers listen to. Because I kind of bite their style just a little bit. Don't admit that to them. Uh, number two, spirituality. So I can really sit here and admit that I haven't been doing online sermons as much as I should. And that'll probably make me feel the best right now. I feel like when I'm listening, not that I consider myself to be religious, but again, it's just spiritual. Certain things that I believe really happen in life. Like some people say that they can see angels or like I've had a lot of experiences where people will walk up to me and start saying something about me and it's like I've never met them from like a hole in a wall so when I listen to these church sermons and when I listen to poetry I feel like everything in my mind kind of like goes quiet and I'm just like focused on that one thing in front of me so that would be really helpful right now number three I have volunteerism which again I told you guys about that Lehman Life program I've probably mentioned it like three times now but Lehman Life, they're still going to Africa, which I think is going to be next summer. And they're still going to go back to Puerto Rico, which I think is going to be January. So if my schedule allows me to, I would like to be there. There's a few other things. Like I was in CUNY Service Corps. I'm still in contact with them, though, so I need to send them an email. Um, New York Roadrunners, where I would like volunteer for the um, to like hand out drinks at marathons. I've loved Bronx's Blooming and... That one will probably make me feel the best because we're out, we're in dirt, we're around like trees and stuff and we're like shoveling and I'm like learning about different bugs uh, in the dirt. And the Susan Coleman um, race, that's actually the first uh, volunteer, well, that was the first first volunteer um, event that I did through Lehman College. And then I'm also um, a volunteer with Red Cross. So that's number three for volunteerism. I love to um, I love to service other people in a way that like if there's something I can help you with and I could do it like why wouldn't I do it so that you could be happier and then me making other people happy it also brings me joy but let me just tell you there's definitely a flip because this will end up being a whole nother podcast. But I learned, like, on a dating scene, if you're really nice to people, people don't take you seriously. And I'm like, what is even happening? So you want someone to yell at you? But, yeah, we'll come back to that. Uh, Number four is diet and exercise, which I definitely need to do. I just haven't really been getting out the house. I haven't been getting that much sun. I haven't been working out. I just feel like one task that I gave myself is, like, decluttering. So I gave away like five bags of clothes. I was just like, you know what? Let's just actually no. This lady down the hall, 
this lady who works down the hall, I gave it to her and she has family in DR. So she takes everything and she sends it to DR. I didn't want that to sound wrong. I don't want you guys to think that I just throw my clothes in the garbage. No, because again, I'm a service person. If somebody could use this, then I'm going to make sure that the person could like use it. And some of this stuff is brand new. I wish I could sell it and make money. But I find that sometimes people are like, where, like, oh, I can't buy it from you, but you'll buy it from the store, but you'll buy it from the thrift shop, but it still has tags on it. Like, I I know people from when I when I was working in retail, some stores in retail, they let you open the makeup, return the makeup, and then they put it back on the floor. People buy used makeup all the time, and it should be illegal to return makeup, but it's not. But people do it all the time. But when I want to sell something, oh, no, I'm like, bro, I just opened it to see the color. Like, that was it. Some of these lipsticks are like 14 and 20 bucks. It's crazy. But yeah, so diet and exercise, I could definitely do that more. I was talking to my friend, Troy, who is vegan, who I did the um the episode about the food insecurity. He he really was a big um inspiration for that episode where I only did um fruits and vegetables for I believe it was like two weeks. I was talking to him and he's like, oh, you should do that again. It'll help you feel better and then overall I realized that I missed school like in school I took like this yoga class with Wendell and I took this movement class with Daniel and I took um like dancing for actors or whatever the name of the class was like and so I used to be active all the time and not being active I feel like that's also taking like a toll on me and then my last one on on my value board is lifestyle so for lifestyle, I have um, appearance. The first one, it's hair, and it has like a little asterisk next to it. And hair is really important to me because my first set of poems I wrote was about my hair. And a post that I made on Instagram the other day is like, so many people think that Black women don't have hair and they just wear weaves all the time. I am here to testify to let you all know, all of you listeners, I've cut my hair off seven times. I've done seven big chops, and it grows back thicker and taller than ever so hair is really important to me I believe that is your crown the first thing that people do when they look at you is that they look at your face so if your hair is not right then nothing will really be right or or in place and that's also why I don't like people just like popping up like if you're gonna come over here tell me you're gonna come over because it's like what bonnet am I wearing am I wearing a do-rag like, am I about to, like, wash my hair? Like, what are you doing? You can't see me looking, like, all crazy. Another one that's bugging me when it comes to lifestyle is traveling. So, for the last two years, I'm like, you know what, Q? You're going to travel three places a year. And this year, I've only went to the Poconos. And it's like, I want to go on a cruise. I love cruises, but I can't because of COVID. I mean... Cruise lines are opening back up, but some states are, their COVID numbers are going up. So I feel like the whole world is going to shut down again because realistically, I don't think that everyone in America is taking COVID as seriously as it should be taken. And that's something else that bothers me because it's like, am I going to live my best life before I die? Yeah, of course I do. Everybody wants to live their best life before they die. But then on the other hand, I have social responsibility. I'm not going to jeopardize someone else just because I wanted to have five minutes of fun and my very last thing on my value board is celebrate accomplishments so with celebrate accomplishments I have um 
basically my thing for 2020 before anyone ever knew Corona was coming was to celebrate accomplishments, which brings me into my next thing. So I know I told you guys about my mom being in the hospital. So it's officially been two weeks. The good sis is still in the hospital. Still don't know what's wrong with her. And it's bothersome, but I had to tell myself what my what one of my life models is. If it's something that I could fix and I control, fix it and control it. If it's something that I can't fix and control it, then I'm just going to have to get over, get over it. And my new thing I love to say is to cut my losses. So yeah, it's someone's health, someone's health that I care about, but I can't let my health go completely bad because I'm so worried and concerned to have anxiety about someone else. And that's just something that I'm trying to come to terms with right now. And it's, it's hard. Like no one said that this would be easy. It's hard, but it's also one of those like harsh realities. So I would say the reason why I was so emotional last time is just thinking about the deaths that I've experienced in my life. So when I was like, um, when I was like 11, um, my aunt Hermie, which is my foster mother sister, like she died of cancer. And as far as I remember, she's nice, but I don't know if I got into the whole conversation with you all about how I don't have memories of like certain family members or certain things. I don't have a lot of memories of her, but I do remember that she was around and, um, she, yeah, so she had cancer and when she died, I just remember hearing like the death croak and I'm not going to imitate the sound. It sounds kind of hard. I was going to say ghastly, but I remember that about her. And then I remember the night that my um, my godmother died and we were at, um, I was working at Wendy's at the time, Wendy's and Baldwin on Sunrise or Merrick. I always forget the two because they're right next to each other. And I'm in the drive-thru with my foster sister, my ex-foster sister, I don't claim her because I don't like her, but whole nother conversation. So I'm in there with her and then I get the phone call from my sister Jessica, like, me, she, mommy died, right? And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, not cool in that way. Like, all right, heard you. Like, I'm, I'm on my way. So one of the employees had drove us home. And I remember getting to the house and my dog, Coco, like Coco was crying. She had tears coming down her fur and her face. And the house was like so cold. It was so, so, so cold. And everybody was crying. But I remember feeling like... Mind you, everyone also deals with death in different ways. But I remember feeling okay because I felt like she taught me everything that she could possibly teach me while she was alive. And it was just her time to expire. So at the time, I didn't cry. I didn't even cry at the... I didn't cry at the funeral. Like, I remember I was sitting in the front and I was, like, passing out candy to people. Like, I just wasn't... Not that I didn't love her. I just wasn't hurt by the situation because she is someone who I feel like is like always with me. I was at um I was at an ex-boyfriend's house and his his mother and um her boyfriend they were in like an abusive relationship and I was sleeping at his house and then in my head I just hear my godmother saying Kwamisha, Kwamisha, Kwamisha and I wake up and it was just like a hostile environment around me. So I felt like she was like waking me up to tell me, hey, you're not supposed to be here right now, and then another time, um, 
like two years ago because I do have thyroid issues, which I, I well, I don't know if I still do or had. I need to go get tested for my thyroid again. But basically, I had to get surgery last year because my my thyroid was like pressing against my trachea and I could have basically like just like expired in my sleep from like loss of of air and I was like so stressed out I didn't know what was wrong with me I couldn't breathe I couldn't walk up steps I was um I was offered to costume design a show which has great potential of going international and basically the playwright like he asked me initially but then he like kind of retract and didn't ask me and he said he could tell that I was going through a lot he is someone else who I do consider to be spiritual and he can uh like see spirits around you and then one day we're I'm sitting next to him and he looked and he said hey there's a lady next to you and he described her and I'm like oh that's my godmother and just like saying that now like I have goosebumps and I have like tears about to come out of my eyes so she's someone that I feel is always with me so I feel like it's it's okay. But then when I think about like my biological mom who's in the hospital right now, the one who you guys heard on podcast, um, I think maybe like three to seven, I feel the difference with her is that she has unfinished business. And when I say that, it kind of makes me think about Casper, the friendly ghost. But she was on drugs for so much of her life and she finally got it together. And then it seems like now she's falling apart. But it's like she's in college. She has these different things she wants to do with her life. But like the physical pain is almost like unbearable for her. And then when it comes to our relationship, we've only had a relationship, a decent relationship, I would say within like the last like three to five years. And I feel like I'm really just getting to know her. So if if you're someone who's listening and you don't have experience with someone who's like on drugs, then you wouldn't know this. So I'll just give you a couple examples. Like my mom, she never had like a favorite color, for example. When she used to get high, she didn't know what color she liked. And it came to a point where, you know, you're hearing songs like, oh, someone lives vicariously through like an artist. I feel like my the relationship with my mom is like she really like admired me and all the things that I did, and even the different shoes that I had, and all the clothes that I had, and how I, like, carried myself, and she wanted to, to, to be like that, in a sort of way, so I say a lot of times, like, oh, I'm, I'm raising my mom, or oh, I'm, I'm raising my brother, or, like, I'm even raising my niece, because she acts just like me a lot of the times, but with my mom, I feel like, I feel like a, a part of her getting clean was knowing that I was, like, going to be around more and I would be seeing her and it almost like embarrassed her and when it came to her favorite color like I had to tell her like well I see that you like more so lean towards like purples and you lean towards like any other color and years later if she tells you what color she likes she's going to say oh purple is my favorite color like she couldn't figure out, figure out what color she wants to paint her room I'm like you like purple she's like do I like purple I'm like yeah you you like you like purple or um I'd say one of my, no, this is probably not the worst memory, but, so I love going to the movies a lot, and I'm, I'm a person who, at least I used to consider myself, like, an escapist, so with me being an escapist is everything that I was dealing with, like, it's, it's a lot of trauma, not that I lived in a bad foster home, but 
when you're in foster care, you're always wondering, like, where are my biological parents, especially if they're still alive. So it's a lot of trauma with, like, that thought process and how you interact with people based off how people interacted with you when you were, like, in foster care and people who showed up and didn't show up. So I remember, like, she she's had jobs over the years. And it would be Friday, payday, okay, great, we're going to the movies. And then, like, she'll start getting high. And then we never make it. And I'm the kid who would just sit there and, like, all right, but what time are we leaving? Like, you, you said this. I'm waiting for you. Like, let's go. So I realized to this day that if someone says they're going to do something, like, it it means a lot to me. And then if someone doesn't do it, then I'm, like, really let down by it. And as I get older, I start to have more boundaries and realize, like, things that I love and things that I hate and things that are like red flags. So a red flag to me is that if you say you're going to do something and then like you don't do it. And yeah, I get it. I'm a whole independent woman. I can do all these things by myself. But that's just something that I can't pass. And it's something that's like really important to me. So that's just something that I, I guess you could say that's a part of my baggage. When I come to you know I have a suitcase and it has some baggage in it. But I do, I would like to say that I am emotionally intelligent and I can decipher like what's right and what's wrong. So yeah, I'd say the worst memory is this though. So my um my foster father, which I just call him my father, but I feel like for the sake of podcasts and having conversations with people. I need to differentiate who's who because my biological father, his name is Keith. He's still alive. So again, my foster father, his name is Frazier. So I was talking to Frazier one one day and and we woo woo ah uh-uh, ah you know shooting the shit, and then he's like, yeah like we we couldn't leave you and I'm like what and then he was basically like how, at that time maybe I was like three and then like, my my biological mom. She didn't have any furniture. All she had was, like, a a carpet on the floor, and the floors were, like, probably dirty or something. And they said that they took me over to her because it was supposed to drop me off. And then I just sat there, and I looked, like, miserable, like I was just going to cry. And I have some friends, like, my my friend um, Mariah Esco, like, she was looking at my pictures probably a couple of months ago, and she said, hey, there's, there's something about your eyes. They're... They're they're big, but then they're also almost sad, and they're sad in a way where like it looks like I have like a deep story. And to me, I always look like I'm deeply thinking or I'm going to cry. And I know I mentioned this before, but as a black woman, or I can say even women in general, we have so many things that we hold inside of us for the sake of like not hurting a man's pride or for the sake of like keeping a family together. And then the reality is that if the woman didn't keep the families together, then there wouldn't be any families because do men even care about keeping families together? I'm not even sure. And I wish I had an answer to that. I don't I don't think so though. But I feel like we all just have tears. It's like a, a stream of tears inside of us. And it's just always flowing, 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 flowing. And sometimes that stream will come out through our nose and that's why our noses will start running. And sometimes we can't contain that stream and our dam of our eyelids become broken and then the stream just starts coming down. And it's not that we always want to cry. It's just so much pressure 
on our shoulders every day that we have to get up and we have to look a certain way and talk a certain way and act a certain way and display ourselves in a certain way for people to accept us. And for me, being the creative that I am, it's like, why can't you just accept me for me, which has been like a lifelong battle anyway. But back to what I was saying, I feel like I always have these tears under my eyes. So he said, hey, we couldn't leave you there. The way that you sat on that carpet and we saw you, like we had to take you back with us. So it's like, I really love my, I love my godmother. I love my godfather. And, you know, despite the things that I went through with my mother, I also love my mother. So that's the big thing about me being like super emotional. Like, I feel like she's had this, this big passive negativity, but now that she's trying to be positive, it's like, what's actually happening? And then um, another thing, so I'm really big on like education and I find that I talk about it a lot and I do want to be in a circle that's full of educators. Not that I treat people differently who aren't educated. It's just that I'm, I'm in this master's program right now and it's something that's really important to me. And what I hear, um, there's this book I read called The Five Love Languages. And it talks about uh, positive linguistics and negative linguistics. And the voices of the people around you become your, like, inner voice. So this this girl told me one time, she's like, oh, you're not humble enough. And that's why people don't like you. So sometimes I'll start to say things about myself, but then I won't finish it. Because it's like, I don't want people to look at me like, oh, you're a nerd. and oh, you're like, you're a geek because you're so smart, which is stupid, stupid as fuck. But people look at you and they say these things. And when I think about it, because of my issues with my family, feeling like I wasn't accepted because I wasn't forced to care. I've always just wanted to be accepted by someone. But I am proud to announce right now, after that heartfelt thing I just said, that I finally come to a point where I'm like confident and like, who I am and being outside and like the things that I say and my weird comparisons. Like I, the other day I was talking about the London bridge and Spider-Man and how they like related to each other. And people were like, wow, that's cool. And it's like, yeah, why do I know this? And why do I think it's so cool that I need to tell everyone? But like, I'm confident enough in myself that I could say something like that and people would be able to like understand me and like where I'm coming from. So to put the icing on today's cake and just imagine that it's imagine that <laughs> imagine that this is the cake from Matilda. Yes, Matilda from when we were younger, not the play, the actual movie with Miss Honey, her her friend who had the cute little circle glasses and Mrs. what's her name? Mrs. Funchable. And you know the scene where she made the boy eat the cake and he just like, and it was crazy. So imagine that the icing on the cake is that chocolate cake that Mrs. Funchable made the little boy eat. Okay, the icing on my cake of my horrible last three weeks, well, let's say it's a two-layer cake. So the first layer with the icing is that it's the beginning of the month and... All the bills are due. Now, my mom is not here, 
I don't know how she pays her bills, but I have to pay her cell phone bill. I have to pay the rent. I have to pay. I have to go food shopping. I have to do all these different things, which is so much more uh, responsibility on top of me being in this really intense program. Like I tell you guys, I'm in school from 11 to 5, 5.30 every day. Within those hours, sometimes I break out and I have um, a student that I teach, which I need to teach him in the morning. I don't even have a lesson prepared, but he's super cool. He likes Marvel. We'll figure it out. And then um, then after that, they give us between one to five hours of homework. So when I say, like, I don't have time for anything, I don't. So I should be asleep right now. But in the morning, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go food shopping before 11 a.m. Just so I can, like, get it out the way. Now, the second layer of this chocolate shake, shake. <laughs> The second layer of this chocolate cake that we are imagining in our heads from the movie Matilda is like the nastiest part because it's like so thick and we think that it's like Pillbury's frosting, but it's really that frosting that nobody really likes to eat and they just all scoop it off. It's like the fondant. Yep, there you go. Is it fondant or fondue? Not even sure. But yeah, so... The icing to the second part is my cat is sick. Now, what happened with my cat is two nights ago, we were in the, I'm so emotional, I'm going to start crying. Two nights ago, in the kitchen, kicking it, woo woo, ah ah, macking, she runs up on me and she's like meow and shit and I'm like, sis, what's wrong? And... I go down and pet her, and something's wrong with her eye. And I'm like, yo, I thought it was just, like, a lazy eye. Like, she had just woke up. She ain't fully recovered. She was just coming to get some food. Kind of like, you know how humans, we, like, sleepwalk? I'm like, all right, maybe the cat, maybe she had a bad dream. I don't know. But then the next day, I was, like, I was making some food. I, I made a, um, a Beyond Meat burger, and I made some, like, tater tots, and I have, like, this chipotle sauce. It was mad good. But, like, I cook, and she's on the couch, so I I go sit down next to her, and I look at her, and I'm like, yo, your eye is still fucked up. And then I was talking to, um, my family has a group, a group chat, and my aunt was like, oh, she could have a brain injury, or she could be going blind. And I'm like, what, my cat? Like, you're not serious. And then, also, like, she's fat. So, okay, so her name is Happy. And I just learned last week that her name is Happy because my niece watched, like, Minions or Despicable Me. And when the Happy song came on by Pharrell Williams, my niece was like, yo, this is my shit. Name it a cat this. So that's how she got her name. I personally call her Kayoko because I like the name Kayoko. And I call her altogether, I call her Kayoko Fat Girl. So when we first got her, everyone was just calling her Fat Girl. And I'm like, look, this is cat abuse. This is mental, emotional abuse. And we will not call her Fat Girl. So I always wanted to find a, a name for her. And I feel like Kyoko is like the prettiest name. And when I realized it could be a brain injury, it could be she could be losing her vision. Uh, maybe because she's fat, she might have like diabetes. She might have cancer because my last um, my last cat had cancer. And I just started crying. And 
I believe, I haven't done a research, but I believe that you can die from like a broken heart. <laughs> and with everything going on right now, like I swear to you, like my chest, it's not in pain, but it just feels like different. And my sister, Jessica, she actually, she called me, was it like yesterday morning? And she said, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm I'm chilling. You know, I'm not crying right now. I'm all right. And then she's like, oh, I had a, um, I had a dream. You had a stroke. And I'm like, what? Me? And I'm like, I'm not even that unhealthy. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, you know, I was like, I knew what it was in that moment. I'm like, it's because I'm so sad and my body is not handling it the right way. And then just before I get into this poem about the cat, I'm going to just uh, mention my other animals. So my family is a cat family, especially my aunt. We have a lot of plants, things of that nature. So my last cat, her, she's a black and white cat. My mom got her out the basement. I believe that a family moved out of our building and just left the cat. So then the um, the person who goes and cleans up, he took the cat from that apartment, put the cat in the basement. And then my mom ended up getting that cat. And she was already an older cat. She had like, she always had like this thing on the side of her face. So when she started, um, something with her fur, like she had like a patch or something missing took her to the vet, vet and it's like, okay, she has advanced cancer. What? And they said that she's in pain. So we just put her to sleep that day. And I was, I was really sad that day. And then my, um, my dog Coco, she's a golden cocker spaniel. And we had her since I was in middle school. And this is from my, my God slash Forster family. So one of the, the things about being in um, foster care and always moving back and forth my whole life was like, they got the dog when I wasn't there. So it was a lot of, oh, I remember we got her. And when it goes back to me, just not having the memories that I would like to have, even though I know I can't control them, but I'm like, dang, I, I wasn't, I wasn't there and I hate when my family brings up something and I wasn't there, but the reality is that like I wasn't. So I'm aware that I have a huge disconnect when it comes to like certain emotions and, and certain things. And and it's all good. It's fine. No, it's not all good. It's not fine. I'm working on my, I'm working on my shit. So Coco died last year of old age. Like she, she lived a good life too. Like she used to travel all the time. She got in the front seat, and if we tried to take a seat, she would, like, try to fight us. She didn't really like to be walked. She wanted to go outside, do her thing, and, like, come back inside. Um, She was, like, really playful. She was bougie. <laughs> she, yeah, she lived a good life, and she just died of old age. Like, basically, she, she started losing a lot of weight, and then <laughs> it's so cute, but she would, like, she'd stand up and, like, turn in a circle and then, like, just fall on a, just sit on the floor because she couldn't like move. So yeah, so she passed last year. And um, who else can I talk about? We we had a few other rescue cats. We had a a white cat and her name was Sasha Fierce. And my aunt found her outside and she was like one of those really like fluffy cats. So she was cool. Um, how I feel about my cat again, um, fat girl is that when we got her, so we got her from my own, when we got her, she, like, ran in my room and stayed out of my bed, and she, like, really gravitated towards me, and I feel like she can hear me, even though she's not here, but I don't even like cats like that, (laughs) 
she like <laughs> she just kind of like stuck to me and I was like oh man I feel like you're my responsibility so I just took I took that responsibility so I don't my mom doesn't even buy cat litter or cat food anymore it's all me so from Amazon I have two boxes of cat litter coming in every week I have her cat her big bag of cat food every like four months she has her wet cat food every month like I, I just got her new cat toy last week, which I've been having so much fun, like, playing with her. And she has catnip. So I'm, like, really into this cat. And if something's actually wrong with her, I would probably just cry again. Yeah. So the name of this poem is Laundry Protector. Oh, sorry. One thing before I read this. Um, I wanted to read what an emotional support animal is. And this is from somewhere that we shouldn't source because your teachers will yell at you can you guys guess what it is before I say it I'm gonna count down like wait let's say it together and five four three two one wikipedia (laughs) so according to wikipedia an emotional support animal is a type of animal that provides comfort to help relieve a symptom or effect of a person's disability Under the governing law, an emotional support animal is not a pet and is generally not restricted by species. An emotional support animal differs from a service animal. So I find Fat Girl to be my emotional support animal. I do believe that cats can see into the next realm and they can see spirits and they can um, protect you in that kind of way. I've never had an animal be close to me the way that she's close to me, so it it means a lot to me, and um, something else is going to be another, you know, when I first started this podcast, I never thought I had this many episodes in me, but Lord, I have a lot to talk about, so like, um, I was, I was celibate for six years of my life, so I just spent a lot of time being by myself, and then it got to a point where it's like, all right, I'm over this part of being by myself, now I actually want to start dating and being with people and not just sexually but like romantically so it's like that whole feeling of like being lonely and always being by yourself is something that's really hard to um swallow because if if you are religious and I listen to a lot of um poems about waiting about being celibate about being abstinent I've read um the way by Megan Good and Devon Franklin really love that book um not that I'm not getting paid or anything, but I, I highly recommend that you all read it to get to understand like what God is and how God can play a role in your life and what this religion says that you should do about like your body and about like sexuality. And I always pick and choose what I want out of text because I feel like the only person who can tell me completely what to do would be God or or that spirit that I say that I believe in. And to get it from somewhere else is kind of like, are you saying exactly what God said or are you saying what you think God said and is that what you're delivering? Which is kind of um, awkward. But in that um, in that sense, it's like if you believe with God, if you believe in God, then like you are never by yourself. You're alone, but like you're not lonely. Right. And I feel like I've filled myself up with everything that's on my value board. And I'm always busy. But currently, it's like I'm not busy, and I don't also want to fall into the the place of, like, oh, you're bored, so you're just going to, like, be with anybody kind of thing. And I feel like having the cat always there 
Like, the cat is my responsibility. Like, I know I have to feed her. I know I have to change her cat litter. I know I need to get up and be there for her every day. And I'm a cuddler. So when you do read the five love languages, actually, if you read it, just DM me, DM me and tell me that you read it or DM me and tell me like your favorite part and like what really stood out to you. I love talking about, um, I love talking about this book because I feel like it's made a difference in my life and I'm able to have conversations with people and identify what their love language is. So for me, one of my love languages is like physical touch. Now, a lot of people think physical touch means sex, but it actually just means physical touch, like skin to skin connection. Like when a mother has a baby and holds the baby like to her chest, the same reason why kids like being picked up. And I feel like I always say like I'm 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 a kid who never grew up due to my creativity. But also I feel like everyone has baby needs and everyone has kids needs and that's something that my playwright professor uh Keith Wynn said he was like really big on what does the little kid inside of you want or even when I do like my tarot card readings what does the little kid inside of you really want because the adult you doesn't know but that little kid knows exactly how he she her their they they know exactly how they feel and they're more expressive at that age but when you get older we're all taught to be in like this this box of sorts. So I feel like fat girl, she gave me that, that cuddling that I wanted. Cause she's always right there. She sleeps on my feet. She's so bad. She sleeps on my shoes. And then when I get up, I'm like, where's my shoe? And it's like, girl, you got to move. All right. Um, to the poem laundry protector. Depression is throwing everything I take off on the floor and using the excuse that my cat needs somewhere to sit. Maybe she's depressed too, because she's always on the floor as if she doesn't have a bed. Cats will lie anywhere, but my laundry misses its basket. My mother once said, if you listen closely, you can understand her meows, as if they are words, as if she can feel every time my heart sinks in my chest and forgets it's supposed to beat, my internal rhythm is desolate. Then bang, 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 she headbutts the door and there is a reason to live again. She needs me to feed her and give her catnip, then to cuddle. She is my protector who sees into the other room and knows exactly when I need her, even if it is at 4 a.m. Some say it's better to feel anything, good or bad, just to feel something. I say to find a reason to get out of bed every day, even if it's just the cat meowing for you to do the laundry. All right, guys, thanks so much. Um, I hope you enjoyed this poem. So my friend, Rachel, a.k.a. Leave a Scar, um, she just started this poetry page. It's called Leave a Poem, and I, I love it. I feel like I share one of her poems. <laughs> I probably share her poems more than I share my own poems. And, like, I know she told me she has long poems, but I really appreciated that she has short poems. So when I started this, I was like, yeah, it's going to be a short poem, but I don't know if I know how to write short poems. But make sure you uh, follow that page, follow Leave a Poem, follow Leave a Scar, follow me on Instagram. My name is Q-U-A-M-E-I-S-H-A. Again, that's Q-U-A-M-E-I-S-H-A. I hope that this episode, I hope that with this episode, you got to know me a little bit better. Um, you really got in my head and the, and the museum that I see in my in my head and my mind to 
understand my emotions, my thoughts, and certain things that I may do or may not do. And I would like to say that 2020 can still be your year, even though we are all going through something that's crazy. Also, it's okay not to be okay. I know that in African-American and Hispanic communities, a lot of people don't believe in going to, um, a lot of people don't believe in going to therapy. Actually, the the hospital that I go to see my, um, my regular doctor, I was like, you know what, I should, I should get therapy because sometimes my mood is like up and down. So I went and asked and it was like, oh, it's a two year wait. <laughs> what? A two year wait. It's like people can just malfunction at any moment. You're telling me there's a two year wait. Like what if something was really wrong with me? And then another time I went to the doctor, the nurse, she was taking like my blood pressure and you know, those questions they have to ask you. And one of them was like, are you depressed? And I was like, yeah, I am depressed. And she like, she was so stunned. Like what? You admitted it. You said it. You're depressed. And I was like, yeah. And then I don't remember what the exact issue was. But then after I told her, she's like, no, you're not depressed. What? How are you just going to tell me that I don't, I don't feel the way that I feel? <laughs> How are you going to tell me that this is not real? How are you going to tell me that what I'm saying is like fake? And yeah, but I did utilize my, um, I, I utilize the therapist in school and I do have some numbers that I can call right now, which I haven't contacted, but I do have, um, resources and I do urge you all to find resources or do find a friend that you can talk to. I, um, you know, some people will be like, Hey, how you doing? And they just, that's just their way of saying like, hi. And they don't really care about how you're doing. But then you're going to have some friends who really want to sit down and have, like, these conversations with you. Like, no, seriously, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? How are you really doing, like, mentally, emotionally? Like, are you stable right now? Are you eating? And I'm just happy that I have that. And you know what's crazy? I thought this episode was going to be, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um. As usual, follow me on Instagram again. That's Q-U-A-M-E-I-S-H-A. And I will catch you guys next week.